Hi, this is Kara Swisher, and I want to talk to you about my new podcast for The New York Times called Sway. If you want to know what people who hold power in our world are really all about, you need to hear how they answer the tough questions. And that is my specialty. And although it might get messy, as it always does, it's also going to be really fun. You can get Sway wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available Mondays and Thursdays. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Lawrence O'Toole, CEO of Analytics SEO. Hello, Lawrence. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm very, very good, Lawrence. I wanted to talk to you about big data in SEO particularly. Before we do that, just tell us a little bit about what you do at Analytics SEO. Sure. So um, I founded Analytics SEO about five years ago. Uh, We were running an SEO agency at the time, and we found that uh, scaling our business was uh, problematic. Um, The things that made you successful were hard to scale. Um, So we set about building a software solution to help uh, companies who've got multiple websites and multiple SEO campaigns um, to scale effectively. Uh, And Analytics SEO is a result of uh, five years' worth of efforts and investments in data and technology, uh, it's a cloud-based SEO platform that helps you optimize how you optimize your campaigns. Um, it covers every aspect of SEO, and um, it has unique big marketing data for professional marketeers. Now, this term big data has been splashing around for a while now. Just to make sure that all of our listeners are sort of up to speed, what would be a good definition of big data? Well, I think the definition is quite broad. And obviously, if you read the uh, the mainstream press or some of the computer press, uh, there's obviously uh, lots of different takes on it from uh, the data that the NSA and GCHQ have been looking at uh, and has been uh, come to prominence through uh, Edward yeah, Snowden yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Um, to marketing data and social media data collected by the lakes, uh, likes of Facebook and, uh, and Twitter et al. So there are broad definitions and it depends on what sector you're in. Um, for me, the broadest definition is, you know, is a collection of huge amounts of data mm. to try and draw insights um, that are actionable from that data, which will either help that individual company achieve its commercial goals, or in the case of government, achieve their, com- their, their goals. So, you know, the, the definition is broad, but it really, um, I think what it boils down to is, you know, the best use of tools and technologies out there today to collect data in a way that gives you a competitive advantage, no matter what line of business you're in. Yeah, it all seems to be to do with the size, hence the word big. It all, it all seems to be to do with the size of the data, isn't it? And the difficulty of sort of uh, getting anything meaningful out of it without some sort of technology. I mean, there's a lot of buzz and hype around big data, isn't there? What's your take on the role of sort of big data in the field of digital marketing today and perhaps going on into the future? Well, I think it's essential, uh, certainly for for major brands, you know, big e-commerce sites, uh, you know, major players uh, who live and breathe online marketing and um, whose revenues and share prices are driven by um, their online performance, they need a competitive advantage and um, collecting data gives them an edge. And whether that's uh, social media data, whether that's um, SEO data or PPC data or blog data, um, there are lots of things that you can do covering all aspects of the marketing mix that you can give, you can have an edge over your competitors if you collect the right data and, and use that data in the right way. Mm. So um, I think it's it's you know coming to the prominence. Um, and obviously, 
People have been using APIs now for, for many years and, and pulling APIs in with data from different systems and joining them together, whether that's in their internal dashboards or in, or in software products. So for me, um, it's still in its infancy and um, only over the next couple of years will you see you know, really significant uh, changes in um, the quality of data that's collected, how it's presented, how it's distilled uh, and made actionable for marketeers everywhere. And, um, you know, I think it's a really exciting time for all of us because the, the quality of the technology and the quality of the tools has improved considerably. And um, we're doing stuff with big data that we just couldn't do technically two years ago. Yeah. I, I, you mentioned actually just earlier about GCHQ and we all sort of raised our eyebrows and sort of tutted as he said it. But I mean, I, I know governments using big data, you know, for, for less nefarious purposes. Which got me thinking: Is you know, is it just for sort of government and big businesses? You know, do they have the competitive advantage, or is it for everyone? Because a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are sort of the smaller businesses, sometimes even one-man bands. Is it is big data for everyone? Uh, I think big data is for everyone, um, and even for small businesses. Uh, it's interesting you point uh, you raise about government there, uh, and I don't know whether you've come across this, uh, but uh, obviously a lot of documents were leaked online. Um, uh, by uh, Edward Snowden, and uh, one of the um, the documents I came across recently was um, a set of uh, tools uh, from uh, JTRIG, which is the Joint Threat Research Intelligence Group. Mm. I've got a link to the blog post somewhere, and I'm sure I can share it for your listeners. But um, it was interesting that this group, obviously, is an internal technical department that builds, builds tools for the secret services, and um, uh, they all have great names, as you can imagine. So um, there are a couple of things like uh, a tool called Gateway, which would ability to artificially increase traffic to a website, mm. or Gestator, the application of a, a given message, normally video on popular multimedia sites. Right. So right. they have, you know, government have been investing in big data and tools for, for a long time to, to try and help them, uh, you know, obviously police the country, what other, other depending on your perspective and your views on the political spectrum, uh, uh, whatever means you may think that they, you know, or purposes you think they've been collecting this data for. But um, it's interesting that uh, there actually are some, some really interesting tools that they've developed, which actually would be very useful commercially. Uh, whether that's, you know, they've been um, monitoring Twitter, collecting Google data, collecting public data from LinkedIn. So that's a, that's a very interesting article and one I'll share with your, your listeners afterwards. So it's certainly for government. It's certainly for big businesses because they have the resources to, um, to buy in uh, data and APIs from third parties, but also to perhaps to build it themselves with, you know, by hiring the right kind of technical skills and investing in the hardware and software to do so. Mm. But it's also, you know, if, you know, it depends on your definition of big, but even for small businesses, by collecting information around um, their local area and who they're competing with, um, you know, there's still a reasonable amount of data. But they can they can you know get better insights into you know um, analyzing the competitive base over you know a, a local area of 10, 20 miles and and try and understand where the competitors are getting their links from, what their activity is, you know who's following them on social, what events they're organizing. Mm. So um, you know it really um, is uh, is a question of perspective really. So um, the data can be as big as you want it to be and as big as your ambitions really. Now, I love stories, and I'm quite pragmatic, as a lot of our listeners are, and I'm sure you are. Can you sort of uh, give us some practical uses of big data in marketing today, perhaps some case studies? 
Sure. You know, there are a lot of companies out there. We take sort of different aspects of the marketing mix. Um, let's take, uh, you know, take social media, for example. Mm. There are companies, so very successful businesses like Brandwatch and Radian 6, who are, you know, analyzing uh, what's going on uh, on social media networks, on Twitter, on Facebook, Google+, etc. And they're, they're crunching an awful lot of data in real time and doing sentiment analysis on that data to try and help brands understand um, the perception of their brands and their products online to um, help them understand, you know, where they've got customer service issues, mm-hmm. um, opportunities, what their competitors are doing. So, I mean, those are practical examples of customers doing it in the social space. Obviously, in the SEO space, you've got companies like Majestic SEO, Ahrefs and Moz, who are, you know, collecting link data about which sites link to other sites, which obviously is essential from understanding the competitive environment and um, who competes with whom, um, and also understanding where your competitors are getting their links, so you can piggyback off some of their activity. They are collecting a huge amount of links, trillions of URLs, you know, on an ongoing basis, and that uh, data is, um, you know, it's not getting any smaller. The web's getting bigger and bigger, so that will continue to grow. You've got companies like. Janip and Datasift, which are big data aggregators, and they're lots of one-stop shops for social data and blog data. On the blog database side, you've got people like Talkwalker, GroupI. We're going to be launching something soon on that, which um, allows you to understand uh, who the key influencers are in your sector. You know, produce. You know, if you want a list of bloggers that blog about cycling in central London, then you can find it. Mm. So all of these things will help marketeers. You know, reach out to the right audience, engage with them, organize events, you know, PR, etc. Um, so those are some practical uses. And of course, um, on the SEO side, uh, you've also got uh, big keyword databases. So uh, despite not provided and Google hiding keyword referrer data, mm. customers still want to understand and get a perspective on how well they're doing for the keywords that are important to them and the keywords that make them money. And you know, from the small business owner up who really sort of gets that to, to, to major brands, people need that kind of perspective. And, um, you know, so there are companies out there like uh, GetStat, SEMrush, Searchmetrics, um, ourselves now, um, who offer APIs uh, to help you get at that big data. So, you know, if you want to query Google yourself, I mean, you can do it yourself and you can um, set a little program up or, you know, have an an intern check all your keywords manually for you on your own IP address at the office until uh, until Google or Bing or Yandex or Baidu or whichever search engine you're interested in blocks you. Or you can use, you know, buy proxy services from third parties. And um, there are lots of good proxy providers out there. Trusted proxies, um, you know, one of the companies that we've used for many years, and there are many others uh, that you can buy um, proxy services from and run your queries through. But there, then you have the hassle of managing that infrastructure, and um, you know that's quite an overhead to have. So, you know, sometimes it's much better just to use the third-party API, send them the keywords you're interested in on the search engines, and get the ranking data back, yeah. and then aggregate that data in your own internal systems. Of course. You can always buy a platform like ours, and there's lots of other good platforms out there as well, as you well know, mm-hmm. um, who pull this stuff together in one place for you to try and give you the insights so you don't have to uh, employ technical people to go and build these little solutions for you or plug them into your own internal dashboards. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, you know, because it is quite, it's quite a technical thing, isn't it, collecting all this data, and you have to go through APIs and application program interfaces from yeah. multiple sources. So presumably it can be done, but I guess it's easier, isn't it, just to go through a, th- a third party if, if that suits you? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it depends what you're trying to do from a marketing perspective. But, uh, you know, two options. If you want to get data to yourself yourself and have a go at it, then, um, you know, there are lots of um, advice online about, you know, using Google Docs and using Google's own IP addresses to query Google yeah. through, through to just building something yourself. I mean, you could, for, you know, $10,000 or less, you could hire a couple of software developers on something like Odesk or freelancer.com, mm-hmm. build or take an off-the-shelf commercial website crawler, get them to customize it for you, find some code that would do keyword ranking checks for you on the major search engines, and then buy proxies from you know some of the providers like Ninja Proxies or Trusted Proxies or Squid Proxies or others and send your traffic via them out onto the web and crawl the websites you're interested in and pull that data back into a database which you can get the developers to build for you and then into you know into either in your internal application or into a web ui and you could go off and crawl other websites crawl competitor websites get linked data um, query the search engines or you know the social media networks and pull back information about Domains, keywords, search volumes, competition levels, you know, cost per click data, social profiles, um, you know, content, you know, anything, and put it into your own database. But mm. you know, really, that's you know, that's going to take a lot of time, and it's not just the initial time and money to set it up; it's the actual overhead of them managing it because you know, lots of stuff changes. Companies change their websites, their markup, and um, this stuff will break. So you know, it's definitely viable uh, if you're on a very small budget. You can, you can, you can. You know, get somewhere yourselves, or you know, you can literally just buy in what you need. And you know, your options there are go to an all-in-one SEO platform or social media platform, um, or just a keyword ranking software. You know, cloud-based software. It sits up there on the, uh, on the web, and you don't have to install any code on your site. There's no link back to you. You don't have to run any proxy servers or anything like that yourself. And you just input the data you want and get the results you want, and they're displayed in nice tabular format or a graph and you download them to Excel. Um, or um, you, you know, if you want something in your own internal systems, maybe just hire one developer rather than a couple mm-hmm. uh, on a contract basis, maybe just to integrate some APIs into your systems. And, you know, all the companies I mentioned before from, you know, Majestic SEO and Ahrefs and Moz through to, you know, keyword ranking data from likes of ourselves or, you know, cert metrics or, or others, you can integrate that data into your system. and. Um, you know, there are lots of options for companies out there and um, the buy versus build decision, you know, is is, is something they'll have to make depending on how much time they want to invest in this area. Mm. What about Google, Lawrence? What are Google doing in terms of offering people uh, the, the results of big data trawling? Well, I think um, what's interesting about Google really on the big data side is their technology. They have open sourced uh, lots of big data technology. Um, so if you look at things like Hadoop, for example, which is great tech for managing huge volumes of data and processing calculations over huge amounts of data, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I think they've made the biggest contribution to, to, to big data and marketing. And certainly we're using some of that technology to help us make the most of the data that we're collecting because you know it's all very well collecting data but it's what you do with it there and i think there's quite a lot of options for people you've got relational databases things like mysql MariaDB, you can put data into mm. um you've got no sql databases like cassandra 
um, HBase, Hadoop, and then you've got you know something like graph databases, which is relatively new, and that's something we've been looking at, um, which is just fantastic for web data. And um, if you want to learn more about graph databases, then you know, I'd recommend looking at Neo4j's website. It's uh, an open source tool that you can download and use, and you can plug data into. And there's, there's some great visualization tools that sit on top of it. And it, it allows you to look at the interrelationship between data. And I think that's where companies can get a competitive advantage from. Uh, if you look at a lot of companies in the space today, SEM rush, search metrics, et cetera, they've been collecting data on keyword rankings for a long time and um, giving companies uh, a view of how their search visibility has changed over time, what keywords their competitors are ranking for, et cetera. And they do a, a pretty common, take a pretty common sort of relational approach to that in terms of, uh, it's a bit like a Venn diagram. They'll say your competitor A, they'll compare you against competitor B, C, D, E, F, and G. Um, and then they'll show you all the common keywords. Wow. But that doesn't give you the whole marketplace. And what graph databases allow you to do is imagine every website's a node and then the relationships between them are, are the ranking URLs and keywords. What it allows you to do is, is look at the whole marketplace. So in, in my Venn diagram example, I can analyze A against B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z. And then I can analyze B against everybody and C against everybody and D against everybody. So you can analyze all of those competing sets in a way. It's like a, I describe it sort of Venn diagrams on steroids yeah. um, in a way that is very fast and allows you to draw amazing insights from the data. So that way... I can look at not just the common keywords, but I can find all the keywords in the marketplace that are relevant that I'm not ranking for. And I can organize those if I mash up um, search volume data from SEMrush, for example, um, or AdWords. Um, I can pull in search volume data and say, okay, well, show me all the keywords in my marketplace that I'm not ranking for. And um, show me the ones that have got the highest search volume. And then you can throw Majestic SEO or Moz data at those ranking URLs and go, okay, well, show me the, um, the ranking URLs where I could rank for those keywords, where I have a good relative strength. And effectively what you can do is analyze your marketplace and get, if you look at, a imagine a matrix where on the Y axis, you've got relative opportunity and on the X axis, you've got relative strength. Yeah. Um, then you can find all the quick wins in your marketplace where you're relatively strong compared to the competing URLs and the relative opportunity is high. And then you can find, so they are your quick wins, and then you can find opportunities where you're relatively strong, but perhaps there's not a ma massive amount of opportunity, just some fine tuning. Those are sort of your, uh, your, your cash cows. You're probably doing very well on them right now, but the incremental opportunity is small. And then you've got, you've got things where there's uh, low opportunity and low relative strength, where it's just not worth spending the time. And then you've got, you've got the sector of the matrix where there's low um, relative strength, but there's good opportunity. And those are the things you want to build towards in the long term as you build your domain authority. Um, so, so it's the practical application, the distillation of all this data and use of the right technology that help give you actionable insights that give you a competitive edge. Uh, and certainly that's where, you know, two years ago, we couldn't do some of this kind of stuff. And um, certainly I think the, the big data projects and, uh, and the big data modules will be launching Q4 quarter, quarter one. We'll take advantage of some of this new bleeding edge technology. Well, we certainly look forward to that. 
it's it sounds like quite a big complicated subject line so i'm just thinking a lot of our listeners might be thinking this sounds very interesting but i don't quite know where to start if you've got like three or four top tips i know you mentioned this x-axis and y-axis approach but is that the place to start if someone's just thinking well i need to be analyzing big data to try and get my marketing good you know where is a good place to start what should they be thinking well, I think their place to start is to is to is to, is really with their commercial strategy and what they're trying to achieve. And you know, I would always start with a competitive gap analysis and and try and understand you know where you are in the marketplace. So um, obviously, you can look at links through competing domains. But first of all, you really want to understand where you're you know who you're competing with. And I've got I've got a great example here of. Um, a site where we've used the, the power of the graph to look at all its competing customers. And um, the domain in question is an online sort of meeting software, a bit like the stuff we're using now. Mm. And when you analyze the whole marketplace and all the keywords, you actually realize that they compete with some dating software, um, dating um, sites, because they have um, common keywords like meet online or, or online meet, which are a bit ambiguous. You might well be looking for a, for love or you might be looking to have some software, you know, to buy some software which can help you meet online. So I think, you know, it, for me, it always starts with analysis of your marketplace and who you're competing with. And this is where, you know, taking in keyword ranking data is very useful and you can use, you know, APIs from us, SEM Rush Search Metrics, et cetera, to understand who you're competing against. And if you can define all your, your, your the whole market you're interested in, then you can track the players in that marketplace, and you can look at how they're moving up over uh, up and down over time, how they're doing on social media, what content they're publishing, their link data, how authoritative they are, and then you know you can take it from there. So, so the starting point for me is is competitive and marketing analysis, and everything flows from that. Yeah. And you can you know use platforms um, or buy the data in yourselves to, to, to give yourself the insights you need to make good decisions uh, from there. So, so that would be my starting point in, um, always. And then it's a question of sitting down internally and looking at it and going, okay, well, um, we've got some serious competitors out there. You know, what are our strengths? Um, where do we make our money? What do customers expect and want from us? How can we communicate with those customers? Um, what content should we write in to, to reach and, uh, and resonate with those kind of customers and where do we find them? And that then allows you to you know, dive into um, some of the keyword data and look at keyword opportunities uh, by search volume and by relative strength, which is the matrix I, I mentioned, yeah. Um, yeah. sort of relative opportunities. So look at where you're doing today and how much um, estimated traffic you're getting for sets of keywords or pages and then look at where, you know, if you were to improve in rankings on, on those um, keywords and URLs, uh, how big an opportunity would it be? You know, getting, getting from 15th position to, to fifth or first, you know, how much additional traffic would that bring you? And there are well-known, you know, there was well-established sort of protocols for um, estimating traffic based on click-through rate at ranking positions. And you can obviously use Mosmetrics or Majestic SEO metrics to look at your competitors and see you know, pick your battles. Well, who do you really want to compete against and, and be realistic? Because, you know, there are competitors that you're not going to be able to shift off off rankings that they've had for a long, long time um, where the SERPs aren't that volatile. So um, a lot of planning, you know, it really, you know, it helps you make, you know, build a son, solid fundamentals to your, you know, your online marketing campaign. That's where I see the role of big data, not just, uh, you know, helping you throughout it tactically, but just the underpinning of it and helping you make the right decisions in the first place. Well, Lawrence, that's absolutely fantastic information. The ever-shifting sands of big data and SEO 
How can people find out about you, find out about your offerings? Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, go to analyticsseo.com. There's a page about forward slash API, all about our APIs. Um, if you um, go to forward slash free, you can set up self a free account and um, you can start to experience what it's like to use a platform that's got a lot of the data you need in one place. Um, but obviously, if you want to pull APIs into your systems and check out our API pages, as we've got several that can help you um, pull big data into your own systems too. And um, and you know, watch this space. Um, we've got some some big things coming in. You know, late quarter four, early quarter one next year around sort of big data and how we're using it to help you make the right decisions about where you should be going from an SEO inbound marketing strategy. Thank you so much, Lawrence. So thanks for listening, listeners. Uh, sitevisibility.com slash IM podcast is where you can go to find all the show notes and we will have links to some of the things that Lawrence mentioned on there. Um, if you've got any questions, then the email to send them to is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and the telephone hotline for questions and comments is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. And of course, you can find us in iTunes. So it's goodbye from me, Andy White. It's goodbye from Lawrence. Thank you very much, Andy. And goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um, you know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, and you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.